Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. This is Katie and I am your host today for this bonus episode. This is part two of our discussion about General Conference October 2022. So if you haven't listened to the first part, go back to last week's bonus episode and then finish out with this one. In this episode, we will be talking about the last three talks that we each picked to discuss. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right. Well, my second choice was from Sunday morning. Um, It is, I'm going to butcher his name, Garrett Gong, I believe his name is. Um, He, it's called Happy and Forever. Mm. So this one... (laughs) I'm going to open it up so I actually have it in front of me. Uh, Where did it go? Garrett W. Gong. Sorry. I forgot that. Middle middle initial. Middle initial. Get that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So he starts off talking about how happy and forever are not just stuff, imaginary stuff of fairy tales. So... I sense some toxic positivity coming today. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> um, so yeah, he starts to talk about true enduring joy and eternity with those we love are the very essence of God's plan of happiness. Um, yeah, okay. So he's talking about how we are alive in Jesus Christ and this includes immortality and again we're circling back to the little I hate that we it's this life is meaningless because the next life is where it all matters and it's this constant not now but later Uh not now but later I hate it so much that we just cannot be allowed to just like we have this one incredible life And it's such a short amount of time. And the older you get, the quicker it seems to go. And instead of embracing things that light our souls on fire, it's, mm, mm, don't worry about it. You'll have so much better later. Yeah, you know, that's something that I noticed after I lost my faith and, and particularly even like losing faith in God. It was like, you know, you'll hear from a lot of people like, well, how to find joy? What's the meaning of life if you don't believe in God? And to me... Life is so much more fulfilling and exciting and um, joyful now because it's like, I don't I don't know what's going to happen after I die. So why not? Yeah, no one knows. So why not just like live as much as you can now and and do things that you love versus like, uh, well, I have eternity later. So whatever. Do you though? Do you? That's the thing. I'm just like. (laughs) I'm not going to base no, my no life that's unknown that you think that there's some fairy like it's it's a fairy tale like this mm-hmm. idea that that you're going to have these mansions in the in the afterlife and like that you're going to live this beautiful utopia that's just no I'm going to live now and make my own utopia here my own personal utopia here mm-hmm. yeah it may look different than whatever the fuck you guys want but I'm just going to do me like yeah yeah exactly yeah like watching my child climb up into a tree and watch a little caterpillar creepity crawl across the branch and watching his eyes light up and him get so excited about this little bug that he's found that's what life is about 
just watching that. And I've had a conversation with a loved one who I've said something about like bad relationships and like, how do you work it out? And they have told me, I don't worry about it because in this life, it doesn't matter. In eternity, we'll be able to figure out our relationship. Mm. And it hit me so hard that I might've said this already. And sorry if I cry. My family doesn't have a lot to do with me because of the choices that I've made, which is fair. Um, But the fact that they believe that I'm not going to be with them in the eternity and they still choose to have nothing to do with me really hurts. I'm sorry, bud. (laughs) It's, it's very, it's very telling of how they think about me as a person that I'm not willing the effort in this life that they have with me, that they're going to worry about their little eternal family in the afterlife. And it's, so damaging it's damaging to relationships in a way that i don't know that is there's no way to repair because at the end of the day they still believe that i won't be with them you know yeah yeah and they still they stay in that religion that is teaching them that you are not worthy of being with them forever yeah yeah i i feel that yeah and it's it's very yeah it just it's it causes such a rift in families and, and a religion that's so family first and families forever. Yeah. It, it creates such a huge divide that there's just not really a way to cross that because at the end of the day, yeah. you don't want anything to do with me. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, I've, I've heard from people that are like, well, you left the church. You don't believe that anymore. So why do you care? And it's like, yeah, okay. I don't believe in the Mormon afterlife, but, people that I love do mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what hurts is that they believe something that teaches them that I am not going to be with them mm-hmm. and that yeah. they have no desire to spend what limited time they have with me with me yeah um sorry <laughs> um so he tells a story about a friend who um joined the church and they were so happy to learn that there was no more till death do you part I (laughs) I hate it so much. Um, When Patrick and I got married, we were married by a Mormon bishop because he'd known me my entire life. And why not? Right. I mean, saves you $75 from hiring somebody. (laughs) 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 But um, we said to him, we said, can you take out any of the like until you both die until death do you part like any of that? And he was happy to. He was like, sure. So he just like. He married us. He gave his little spiel about how, like, you know, whatever. We said our own vows to each other. And then he pronounced us man and wife. And that was it. There was no until death do you part. There was none of that. It's not a prerequisite in a civil marriage to have that part part of it. You can take whatever you want. You can proclaim to each other that I will find you in the next world and I will annoy you with my dirty socks forever or whatever. I don't know. But it just like bothered me that that's such a like sticking point with them that they're like, everybody else tells you that once you die. And I'm like, no, actually like, it's not, Oh, I just, well, it goes back to uh, Brad Wilcox talked. I I was just thinking of that. He (laughs) talks about like the, Oh, can you imagine talking about death to you part? And we talk about the eternities and we're in and there. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like you don't even, Oh, you don't know. You don't know. You can say you know, but like, 
And also, even what what's it to you if somebody wants to have doesn't <laughs> want to have or if they want to have till death do you part? If that's what they believe, if, that, if people believe once we're done, we're in the ground, we're done. We don't know. Like nobody knows. And so yeah. let them have that. Let them yeah. have it. And you yeah. have what? your eternities, your Maybe. little fairy tale. We'll have our little. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, maybe I don't want to deal with his dirty fox in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I will find someone else who puts their socks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love you. Love you, Pat. No. I, <laughs> and I feel like it's. Me, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like it's dishonest, too, of, of anyone who's like, I know what happens after we die because literally no one knows. But. Oh, no. You can believe. You can absolutely cling to those beliefs with every fiber of your soul. I will never ever deny you that. But to say I know, fuck right off. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um. So yeah. So this friend, she finds out about no more destiny fire, and then about temple work. But she's decided that she doesn't want to do her dad's temple work because she didn't want to be sealed to him forever because he wasn't a very nice guy. And I'm like, yeah, that's a valid point. <laughs> like. The church constantly forcing abuse victims to let it go. Everything's fine. Just suck it up. Drives me insane. Like, mm-hmm. and you guys have talked about this with your pre-mortal existence. Like, we were supposedly the same before, we're the same now, and we're the same later. So if a man is an abusive asshole, that means he was before... He is now, and he will be later. So they always tell these fluffy stories about how after they died, they're taught the gospel. The gospel that they were had available in this life, they're, they're taught it again, and then they suddenly accept it, even though they're the same per Like, the, the plot holes in the church stories. <laughs> yeah. So crazy yeah like can we get an advanced reader copy so somebody can edit this shit please thank you (laughs) (laughs) a little inside joke but anyways (laughs) um but he says a bent branch does not mean a bad tree how we come into this world is less important than how we leave it so it's just circle talk again because he literally just so it's either so we're either the same then, now, and forever, or we're not. Like, yeah. Okay, that doesn't so make there's a sense. paragraph that he's talking <laughs> about how we need to love and embrace, and we need to do people's temporal work. And then he talks blah, blah 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 blah, and then he says it's actually how we go out of this life. So right in his own talk, he completely yeah. contradicts himself. That yeah, for, for somebody, yeah. the, the doctrine is always about eternal progression, and then then they also, but they also think that like we're always going to be the same because our souls are endless. Yeah. So, which is it, bitches? <laughs> and it wasn't until I was out of the church and looking at this black and white that I saw the contradictions that you look at any conference talk and they contradict themselves or they contradict somebody who spoke 12 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, there's no continuity in their teachings and it makes me want to throw something across the room. <laughs> but then they have this like face of that, that it's like, we are you know, every, uh, every ward, every church that you go to is going to be the same because you go, and then, but I've been to like missionary, like on my mission, like I've been to other wards and stuff and they're teaching weird shit, you know, like it's just like, <laughs> and I mean, Mormon shit is weird, but like, yeah. like really weird shit. going from like Idaho and Utah to like going to like outer, li- the outer limits, <laughs> 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 outer reaches is <laughs> 
an interesting experience because you're just like you go out there and there's like some they throw some weird shit in there mm-hmm. and like they'll there's one Sunday school teacher that was talking like super deep doctrine about like Kolob and shit. And we had like investigators in there. I hate that term, but the like, friends now, they just call oh, them friends. Oh, God. Missionaries friends. <laughs> you might be friend on Facebook. That's what they're, because so, they're on Facebook now. I, yeah. I have a cousin that's on a mission now. And I, oh, no. literally, he did not have Facebook until he went on a mission. And yeah. now I see him on my like friends to add list. I'm like, no, honey, no. Like, denied. Thank you. Denied. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't understand how, because on the face of it, they, they're like, oh, we have this con- continuous gospel and it's ever changing and everlasting. And then, but like, you go to different, they act like they're all the same everywhere, but they're not. No, That's no, all. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, like, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret. Don't tell the Utah Mormons. There are people in Cardston who absolutely believe, with every fiber of their being, that Utah, Salt Lake City, is not actually Zion. That they were called <laughs> to come to Cardston because that is God's real Zion. Like, oh, stand that's... up. Stand up in fast and testimony and talk about how we are chosen because we were brought to Canada to question. I know. Well, Well, Chad Daybell thought that Rexburg, Idaho was Zion. I'm in Zion right now, guys. I mean, technically I am too because I'm like, oh yeah. But you know, like it's, (laughs) there's such wild teachings based on where you are. And it's just like we were talking about, there's different like denominations almost based on what state you live in or what country you live in. Like for sure. Oh fuck. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Here's another one. I have to find the, Anyway, so she prays, she does her father's temple work, they get sealed, blah, 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 because, yeah. Yay. Um, Yay. Um, (laughs) So, in the Kirtland Temple, the prophet Joseph Smith saw in vision his brother Alvin saved in the celestial kingdom. The prophet Joseph marveled since Alvin had died before receiving the saving ordinance of baptism. Comfortingly, the Lord explained why the Lord will judge us according to our works, according to the desires of our heart. Our souls bear record of our works and desires. So we just got done talking about how all these people need to have the saving ordinances of the temple. But don't worry, Alvin's saved in the celestial kingdom because of the desires of his heart. Oh, yeah. So which is it? <laughs> <laughs> This is full of contradictions. Holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> like, this poor little girl who didn't want to be sealed to her dad for eternity because he was an abusive asshole has to do his temple work, but Alvin didn't need his his baptism done because he had a good heart. Like, no, no. Yeah, it's like no. they put both of those in there to, like, appease people who think both ways. Yeah. You know, like, people who are like, oh, yeah, all about temple work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, oh, what about some of you who have, like, maybe people who left or in your family or whatever, then you can have this little caveat of, like, oh, well, um, they, they had a good heart, so they'll, maybe they'll be safe, too. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or it's like, oh, my child died after they turned eight, but they weren't able to, we weren't able to get their baptism. Well, don't worry, because they were a good person. Like, yeah. it's just such a bullshit. It's, I hate it so It's just a much. way to have have it both ways yeah and then his closing little magnet that we'll see at desert books is <clears throat> <laughs> we are less alone when we realize we are not alone oh breaking 
We are less alone. Wait, say that again. We are less alone when we realize we are not alone. That also sounds really creepy. Oh, yeah. You're not alone. You're being well, watched. Yeah. But, like, also, like, yeah, no shit. If I'm not alone, I'm not alone. <laughs> like, obviously. So smart. So smart. Like, to see. Like, as a believing Mormon, I've been like, oh, my God. I'm going to write that down in the in the margins of my scriptures. I'm less alone because I'm not alone. Put it on a sticky note on my mirror, so I'll always remember that I'm not alone. Every morning, I am not alone, and so I'm not lonely because I'm. Not, oh. Then you think of like, like the, um, I'm thinking of like the 23 year old spinsters in the Mormon church that are like, <laughs> oh, I'm not alone. I'm not never alone. alone. I'm single, but I'm not alone. You know, I'm just yeah, like I'm thinking not, that. Yeah. What they're thinking too. <laughs> I just wanted to put yeah. the meme of Miranda Priestley just being like groundbreaking. groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that before. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, there's my Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Okay. My second talk was by Rusty himself. Uh Ooh. Overcome <laughs> Overcome the World and Find Rest by Russell uh, Emmett Nelson. Uh, I already hate it. Um yeah. Overcome the world, you guys. Um, because yeah, again, like the world is evil, and you need to wait till the next life to enjoy anything. Um, yeah. He, yeah. he he starts out with a lot of love bombing. Like it was a lot of like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> Heavenly Father loves you. Jesus loves you. I, I okay, cut it all out. Rusty, fuck off. He's a little desperate. And I'm too young for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're. You're not my type, Rusty. He's <laughs> in those missionary contact moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, okay, so he says, My dear brothers and sisters, so many wonderful things are ahead. In coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Okay, this reminded me of when in like 2019 he had that eat your vitamin pills talk where he was like, big things are coming. And then when COVID, when COVID oh, yeah. hit, remember COVID hit and everyone was like, oh, our prophet told us to take vitamins. He totally knew. And it's like, oh, if he knew, he was an asshole and he did not warn anyone. If he knew, he should have been like, yo, yeah. yo. take a yeah. toilet paper. Yeah. Or you go. yeah. Yeah. Right. Because there's shit. <laughs> shit is gonna hit the fan lots of it yeah 2019 covid was like starting in china like at yeah that time. yeah it was so that's what people, because americans forget yeah. that there's a whole globe <laughs> yeah especially so mormons like, forget oh my yeah. god not fully aware that like we were all looking at like wuhan china being like there's some shit going down over there yeah it's mm-hmm. happening so i bet that uh mormons are gonna use this talks so anything that happens now mm-hmm. that is like a great or amazing or interesting thing, they're going to be like, look, look, he prophesied it. <laughs> yeah. And it so can be smart. anything from like how your um, election is going to turn out yeah. to like something anything. great happening in some country. Like, yeah, it's going to be, be anything because it was so vague. Yeah. Or they'll turn it and they'll say there's going to be like a huge natural disaster and they'll be like, 
stuff. Oh. Like he was talking about God is mad at those people because they're mm-hmm. practicing homosexuality or whatever uh. they say. Oh, yeah, because like, Florida just yeah. got leveled, but and there's a lot of homosexuals down there, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Um, okay. I grieve for those who leave the church because they feel membership requires too much of them. They, they have... Oh, yeah, it gets better. They have not yet discovered that making and keeping covenants actually makes life easier. You guys, we didn't know that. Oh, Okay. Well, that's the implication of like, oh, your life is so much harder outside of the church. That's why you go through hardships out and you leave the church is because you, it's you, it's so much easier in the church. It's so much easier. Yeah. And you know what? It's like how he says they feel membership requires too much of them. We don't just feel that. It does require too much. Yeah. Notice how we're having like an hour and a half long conversation, not sitting in scratchy pantyhose. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm in pantyhose right now. <laughs> Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Oh. I can. <laughs> it is Halloween tomorrow. So. Thanks, you. I see. So, the reward for keeping covenants with God is heavenly power. Power that strengthens us to withstand our trials, temptations, and heartaches better. This power eases our way, and those who live the higher laws of Jesus Christ have access to his higher power. Thus, covenant keepers are entitled to a special kind of rest that comes to them through their covenantal relationship with God. (laughs) Again, because we ask you to do more, you're going to be able to rest. (laughs) It doesn't even make any sense. It's It's like... So yeah, work, sure, you have to do more, work harder. Like, rest, also. Like, working yeah. off for the church also gives you rest. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's con- <laughs> making it so that work equals rest. Like, this is some uh, great, great gaslighting. So I noticed he mentioned the word entitled, which is exactly what all mm, the Mormons are. Boom. boom. <laughs> Freudian slip, perhaps? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dear brothers, when you're dead tired from, like, doing all the bullshit, you do sleep like the dead. Like, you wake up because you're just like, boom. Yeah, right? And it has a point. It's just annoying (laughs) that it's like, oh, yeah, you might be tired and feel like we're asking too much of you, but actually you're resting even though you're working hard. It could be so much harder. You could be outside of the church. (laughs) Yeah. And then all of us are like, leave, leave. Leave in on Sundays. Oh, Sunday fun day. Mimosa. Sunday emos. Fun day. Emos. Yeah. Emos. <laughs> That's the rest for you. Yeah. Oh. Okay. My message yeah. to you today is that because Jesus Christ overcame this fallen world and because he atoned for each of us, you too can overcome this sin-saturated, self-centered, and often exhausting world. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. Okay. I like the word sin-saturated, though. I do, too. Saturated. That's amazing. Yeah. My life is sin-saturated. Um, <laughs> I feel like, I just, I feel like Christ did not deal with the chaos that we have in our, like, just right there. What's he, the, yeah. the Did take he ever part? even leave, like, a 30-kilometer space of his world? 
right? That's right there. Yeah. 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 Did he have social media? Did he have social <laughs> media bullies telling him to like, oh, you're looking a little fat today, or oh, you know, like no, no. Yeah. No. no like no. I just, I always, Christ knows exactly what you're going through. Does he? Does, does he have? Does he, he have really bad period cramps too? <laughs> Like, so yeah. so that's a good point because like I've, this is something I've been thinking about too is like he doesn't understand the female experience at all Mm-mm. unless he was like a trans transgender woman at some point you know and like, like it's not, that would be right that story like <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a trans man <gasps> maybe he was a trans man the whole time that would maybe be, that's what we're missing I don't know that's, that's <laughs> always pissed me off as a kid I would be like. But does he does he understand what it's like to be a woman spoken down to by a man that you actually know more about something? Does Especially he get that? Especially the culture, the culture of the of the yeah. his day, women being treated like they were. He he wouldn't know that. Like he wouldn't know how they were treated. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. And also how he says like you can because Christ did this, you can also overcome this world. It's like again painting the world out to just be like so evil and sin saturated when it's like and yeah. exhausting. it's exhausting to be a, yeah you guys exhaust me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're exhausting me Rusty. I'm like can we look at our world and just appreciate the fact that like there's some cool shit out there so okay. much cool so when you talk about the caterpillar thing i was thinking so when we see god in everything and that whole thing that's a I, now that where we see him there he is yeah oh, yeah so um but I was thinking about like the excitement that scientists have, like when yes. they go out and like they study science. Mm-hmm. That's the same as like seeing as seeing God, quote unquote, in yeah. to them. Like to them, that's as exciting as like when a religious person goes outside in nature and is like, ah, oh, God is blessing us with this beautiful sunshine today, you know. And like, mm-hmm. but then they're like, the reason why we have sunshine right now and blah blah blah, you know, like they right. understand why yeah. it's happening and it gets exciting to them. It's yeah. Like, Feelings, the same the same chemicals happening you know yeah. have you ever seen bill nye describe something in nature and you see him light up like that yeah, yeah. he's having a spiritual experience in that moment a hundred percent he is like let me tell you folks and like, let me tell you why this is this God. way and how cool this is that our our, our world has evolved this way in order for this thing to survive like this blah blah blah, yeah. blah. it's so cool yeah, that's like, more exciting because um, with religion, they just like if they don't understand it, they just don't touch talk about it. They yeah, or just God did just, it like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's, we're uh, scientists want to explain it to us and show us and get us excited. That's what I love about yeah, like Bill Nye specifically. Like oh hell, God, like, yeah, I love I him so much. You guys need to watch. He went to. Have you heard of? The Ark Encounter, where that religious nut built the re- replica of Noah's Ark, oh, yeah. and you can go in it. He went on a tour of it. I believe I believe the guy's name is Ken Ham, and Bill Nye went on a tour of it, and they filmed it, and Bill Nye was, like, pointing out everything that was wrong, that was like, this is just not true. Like, and it, yeah. it's just great. I mean, it's infuriating because Ken Ham is just a religious nut job, and they, like, he tries to debate him, but yeah. yeah. It's a good watch. If, I love uh, him. I love him so much. Like, oh, I do too. He's amazing. Okay, back Church of Bill Nye. <laughs> oh, I was so joined. <laughs> Going back to the dog tags, though, you can put anything you want on your religion. By the way, you can okay. put oh. monster. Yeah, 
You can, you can put the spaghetti that, monster? Yeah, there are people that have done that. Cult of the uh, Church of the uh, Spaghetti Monster, and there's people... Um, there's, That's what Pat always you says. You can probably put sorry. Church of Bill Nye and... That's amazing. I love that. on there for you. <laughs> my <laughs> last rice, I need Bill Nye to FaceTime me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wish uh, I... Because I would have put something completely ridiculous on there, but yeah. anyway. Pat always tells people he belongs to the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Always. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. So what does it mean to overcome the world? Ooh. It means overcoming the temptation to care more about the things of this world than the things of God. It means trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men. It means being able to give away even our favorite sins. <laughs> oh, God. Like... I hate that trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men. Literally saying, like, don't trust experts. Yeah. Trust the church. Yeah. yeah. We have the answers now. Yeah. Um, just real curious. Did this talk, was this given before or after the first Strength of Youth um, talk with the Uchtdorf gave? I think it was after, but I don't know for sure. Well, either way, because, like... He, he, we have Uchtdorf saying, oh, now for Strength of Youth is all about talk to your parents. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We're just going to give a guideline. And then, mm -hmm. but, oh, we we're still going to, like, say these these things are wrong, mm -hmm. but just, you know, use your judgment. And then we got Rusty <laughs> saying, your favorite. Don't use your judgment. <laughs> don't yeah. use your judgment. Just listen to us. We are yeah. right. Yeah. It's exhausting out there. If you want to be exhausted, you want to be tired, like a, and just have bags <laughs> under your eyes all the time. Yeah. Go out there. Go, leave go out there. Mm -hmm. We'll be in here with our like exfoliated skin. No, you won't. Because y'all like, <laughs> they all look like shit, by the way. Bednar looks all fucking, we're going to talk about him in a minute, but like his skin looks like he's all gloss. Like he's, looks all like, he looks robotic, robotic to me. Like he looks like he's had surgery and like his like skin is just so tight and like gloss, like shimmery. Oh no. Yeah, oh no. I saw a picture of him and I was like, what is happening? Oh, God. Okay. Right, overcoming <laughs> the world again. Overcoming the world means growing to love God and his beloved son more than you love anyone or anything else. I'm sorry, Dusty, as a mother, why do you think that you, it's, I just don't think anyone should be like, I love God more than I love my child. I just no. don't think that's okay. I, I mean, again, I know people who do, you obviously. Just, like, but... intangible, like, apparently, like, white man that lives in the sky, that more than <laughs> you love your two adorable children. Uh, right? <laughs> I mean, he gives me trial. he gave me trials of, you know, so... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. So, how then do we overcome the world? King Benjamin taught us how. Uh. He, <laughs> yep. He said that the natural man is an enemy to God mm. and remains so forever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord. <sighs> so, each time that you. Seek and follow the promptings of the spirit. Each time you do anything good, things that the natural man would not do, you are overcoming the world. The mm. natural man bullshit. It's the, this idea that you're just inherently an enemy to God. Yeah. 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 The, the natural 
desires to like protect and care for your family and provide and yeah, yeah that's, that's an all, enemy that's to god bad. yeah mm, obviously yeah to have your you know your family unit or your community or your tribe or whatever that that's have a high paying job that works on Sunday that makes you work on Sunday that's you know you're choosing that job even though like you're providing yeah. for your family you're choosing natural man because you have to work on Sundays yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh god I roll now you may be thinking this sounds more like hard work than rest yes rusty that's uh, what I'm thinking uh, right <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 but here is the grand truth. Here is the truth. Well, while the world insists that power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the f- flesh bring happiness, they do not. They cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. Power, possessions, what was the other one? Popularity and pleasures of the flesh. He did a lot of... Key words there. Alliteration. Alliteration. Good job there, Rusty. Good job. So, so power, popularity, possessions, and And pleasure. pleasure. So all things that, like, the apostles basically have, they are popular. (laughs) They They have possessions. Because they get a stipend. Yes, they're paid. Yeah, Um, they have power. Power over so many people, the globe. Yeah. But those things don't bring happiness, apparently. I don't want to think of about their pleasures of the flesh. Don't let's mm. not bring um, back that uh, chat we had. Uh, Gross, no. Forget about that. <laughs> you guys are gonna stop talking to me soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So he says this may sound more like like it's hard work than rest. And we're like, yeah. But then he just goes on to say again, the outside world is just wrong, and they don't bring you any happiness. So I don't know. <laughs> Then (laughs) he says, please do not misunderstand me. I did not say that making covenants makes life easy. Yes, you did. You did. exactly what you just said. (laughs) Thank you. That is what you just said. It's easier to make the covenants. Yeah. In fact, expect opposition because the adversary does not want you to discover the power of Jesus Christ. Again. You're doing it right if you feel the ad- – if you have opposition, then you're doing something right. I hate God. it so much. <laughs> I plead with you now. Take charge of your own testimony. Work for it. Nurture it so that it will grow. Feed it truth. Don't pollute it with false philosophies of unbelieving men and women. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just – yeah, he goes on to say, like, spend more time in the temple, cherish and honor your covenants above all other commitments, blah, blah, blah. Like, basically, we are the most important. The church is the most important. Everything else is second. And then he bears his testimony. And of course it. he does. Mm-hmm. It's also this, like, <laughs> othering of um, people, like... It just continues, doubles down on the othering of people that leave and that because, oh, they left because they were, it was, it was too easy, but also like he contradicts himself and says it was too easy, but also too hard in the church because he couldn't keep your covenants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole weird contradiction there. I don't understand that. But then also like you're choosing power and, uh, 
The only one I can remember is Pleasures of the Flesh, but popularity yeah popularity and, and something else i can't remember but choosing those things it's just putting like it's that whole thing of putting the world before everything else and so we put the world before everything else and so we're tired <laughs> so we're, yeah just, i am tired because i got a three-year-old who does not <laughs> sleep in his own bed uh, yeah i just find it very troubling it's very um cult-like obviously because it's a cult mm-hmm. Just to say, put our doctrine above everything. Put your covenants above your family. Put them above your friends and your neighbors. We're, this is the most important. And it's very, like, dangerous. You know, it verges on where someone like Lori Vallow hears that, clings Mm -hmm. onto it, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like nothing else is, is more important than this. So anything goes. Yeah, it's very problematic in the in looking at just because of my situation, looking at young mothers who are really struggling with hormonal issues and postpartum and them being so, you're so fucking tired. I don't even know how we survive it some days, but to then be like, I'm not doing enough because I'm tired all the time and then extending themselves even more into dangerous situations because they've been told if you're tired, you're not doing enough. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's so troubling and it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that was Rusty. Phew. Uh, Rusty uh, done. Uh, Those are my talks. <laughs> <laughs> I got Thanks, help. I hate it. Fucknar. Uh, oh. <laughs> Jake has been calling him Fucknar all week, and I am so here for it. Oh, it was so good when it was in the group chat, and he, he just spelled it out like with no explanation, just like I'm gonna cover Fucknar's talk, and I was like, oh my god, that's that's great, and that we all just were like, yeah, we know who you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, his talk is called Put on Nice Strength, Ozion. I have to, like, make a little, like, nerdy voice whenever I put on Nice Strength, Ozion. You know, I just, I, oh, Can me. I tell you a story about Fuckner? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I have a cousin who's a lot older than me, because Mormon families. Um, so, he went to BYU-Idaho when Fuckner was president and met his wife there. Anyways. They moved to Canada, blah, blah, blah. We were watching General Conference, and somehow she knew something big was, like, happening. Like, she had gotten a phone call or something, and she was, like, standing in the middle of the living room with, like, her arms out, and she was like, everybody be quiet. And we were like, okay, because they were, like, announcing the new, like, general authorities or whatever, and they announced his name, and she, like, rushed to the TV and had, like, both hands on, like, because back then TVs, like, had a tube and stuff. (laughs) She like held onto the TV and was sobbing as he was called to be a general authority. And we were all just like, what is happening right now? Because she knew him and it was like this huge thing for her. And I was, and even as like a kid, I was like, what is going on? (laughs) That's terrifying. It was insane. I, that's like the only thing. That's the only reason I know who he is to this day is because she was like, so like overwhelmed with emotion and the spirit that he was around. Mormons claim that they don't worship the prophet and apostle. Right? But it's like, like they do. They like they're like celebrities, higher yeah. than celebrities. Yeah, oh, like a lot it, of Mormons. It was like those girls screaming for the Beatles emotion. Yeah. Like it was so. Yeah. I was like, oh, I am so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> like, well, like when I worked at Desert Book, it was like any time an apostle or somebody 
put out a book, a new book, we were just like, we knew that it would be just constant, like people yeah. would be coming in, it would fly off the shelves, basically. Yeah. And it would be, we'd be really busy. And we were. Yeah, popularity. Uh, popularity. And they're earning money from that. Sin, yeah. What is it? Sin. Sin. Oh, well, it wasn't sin soaked. What was it? Sin saturated. <laughs> sin saturated. They're being sin saturated <laughs> with popularity. Ooh. Mm-hmm. God. Oh my God. Sin saturated with the pleasures of the flesh. All right. Oh, title <laughs> of the episode. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go um, talk to my friend who writes smutty books and let her know her next Ooh. book needs to be called Sin Soaked. <laughs> Sin- oh. Oh. Soaking. Soaking. I had, a, I had somebody, oh, yeah. I had my a Navy buddy reach out to me. She was, because I, what I, oh, the, the crabs in the, the breakout in oh. people's armpits at BYU. I posted something about that and she was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, um, honey, like, think about it for a second she's like are they fucking their armpits and i was like huh and i was like that's not even the worst thing that they're doing and so i told her about soaking and she was like what the fuck that's not even fun and i was like yeah exactly and she's like that's still sex because you're penetrating i'm like yeah exactly and then i was like also earthquaking she's like what the fuck (laughs) i love telling people who are not mormon have never been anything mormon all about this shit because it's Mormon hilarious. sex loopholes. So good. Yeah. So good. So good. But the armpits? She was like, I'm. Box the knees, too. There's just. Oh. That, yeah. How can pit? Yeah. Let me just bend my knee for you, honey. <laughs> like, I just. <laughs> I mean, I've said that before, but in a different way. Anyway. Oh, my, my. <laughs> The whiskey's talking. Anyway, so. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Fucknar. So he says, um, this is, he starts his his uh, pretentious um, anecdote is a parable. So. Oh, okay. Talks about the royal marriage feast. Um, so I paraphrase some of it. A king is making a marriage for his son. He sends his servants to send for his guests, but they would not come. He bid them twice. And then in his thing, his words, he says, in ancient times, one of the most joyous occasions in Jewish life was a wedding celebration, an event that would span a week or even two. Such an event required extensive planning and guests were informed far in advance with a reminder sent on the opening day of the festivities. An invitation from a king to his subjects to a wedding such as this was essentially considered a command. Yet many of the bidden guests in this parable did not come. The refusal to attend the king's feast was a deliberate act of rebellion against royal royal authority and a personal indignity against both the reigning sovereign and his son. The turning away by one man to his farm and by another to his business interests reflects their misguided priorities and total disregard of the king's will. I think you guys know where this is going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the servants essentially go out and gather whoever they can, both bad and good, and furnish the wedding with guests. That was my... Um, Paraphrasing of he he spoke for a while on this. Oh like, God! Like, yeah. Girl, I, you need to calm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, let's see. Talks about the customs, um, and they also provide garments for the wedding guests. Such wedding garments were simple, nondescript robes that all attendees wore. In this way, rank and station were eliminated, and everyone at the feast could mingle as equals. People invited from the highways to attend the wedding would not have had the time or means to procure appropriate attire in preparation for the event. Consequently, the king likely gave guests the garments from his own wardrobe. 
Everyone was given the opportunity to clothe themselves in garments of royalty. Okay. I think it's kind of, it's a cool, like, I didn't realize that was a custom of theirs, but that's kind of a cool thing. Like, yeah. Equality. Mm -hmm. They probably didn't uh, want to go to the wedding because it was dry. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no alcohol. <laughs> As the king entered the wedding hall, he surveyed the audience and immediately noticed that one conspicuous guest was not wearing a wedding garment. Oh, the man was brought forward and the king asked, friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then he quotes Elder James E. Talmadge that the unrobed guest was guilty of neglect, intentional disrespect, or some more grievous offense is plain from the context. The king at first was graciously considerate, inquiring only as to how the man had entered without a wedding garment. Had the guest been able to explain his exceptional appearance, or had he any reasonable excuse to offer, he surely would have spoken, but we are told that he remained speechless. The king's summons had been freely extended to all, whom, all whom his servants had found, but each of them had to enter the royal palace by the door, and before reaching the banquet room, in which the king would appear in person, each would be properly attired, but the deficient one, by some means, had entered by another way, and not having passed the attendant sentinels at the portal, he was an intruder. Uh, and then Christian author John O. Reed was described it as disrespect for both the king and his son. Uh, he did not simply like a wedding garment. Rather, he chose not to wear one. So he Where goes is he on. going with this? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. I'll, um, yeah. yeah. I know you'll get uh, there, but I'm just like. <laughs> it's a lot. Like, I'm, that's pretty much. He was in. Uh, let's see. He, all right. So the parable then concludes with this penetrating. Ugh, oh, oh, oh. For many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, interestingly, Joseph Smith made the following what? adjustment to the verse from Matthew in his inspired translation inspired, mm -hmm, sure. of the Bible. For many are called, but few are chosen. Wherefore, all do not have on the wedding garment. So the wherefore, oh. all do not have on the wedding garment is his addition. The invitation oh. to the wedding feast and the choice to partake in the feast are related but different. The invitation is to all men and women. An individual may even accept the invitation and sit down at the feast, yet not be chosen to partake because he or she does not have the appropriate wedding garment of converting faith in the Lord Jesus and his divine grace. Thus, we both have both God's call and our individual response to that call, and many may be called, but few chosen. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I go, there's just. Sorry uh, about the giggling in the background. <laughs> it's cute. It just, it uh, helps with this bullshit. So, um, to be or to become chosen is not an exclusive status conferred upon us. Are you sure of that? Because I feel like you guys have already said that you guys are very exclusive. And it very, feels very exclusive. Yeah. 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 If you have to pay 10% of your. Um, income in order to be part of the club i don't really want to go uh, no rather you and i ultimately can choose to be chosen through the righteous exercise of our moral agency mm. yeah mm. again we can choose to be chosen mm -hmm. yeah. by following everything we tell you to do <laughs> then unless you we were chosen. born in a country where it's not america <laughs> and we're yeah not white yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah. In the busyness of, he says busyness. I'm like, could you not? <laughs> like, why is busyness. that? Why'd you use that word? Like, what? 
In the busyness of our daily lives and, the, and in the commotion of the contemporary world in which we live, we may be distracted from the – this goes with the – Yeah. It's like always, again, like the commotion of, of the world, the, the evilness of the world, the sin-saturated nature of the world. <laughs> it's like it's just constantly shoved down their throats of like the world is so – that's scary and exhausting and it's like oh my god you're the you're the one exhausting me (laughs) you're making me tired fuck nar Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. so uh we may be distracted from the eternal things that matter the most by making Uh. oh he repeats the thing but i didn't even catch this because i didn't see the okay so we may be distracted from the eternal things that matter the most by making pleasure prosperity popularity and prominence our primary priority <laughs> i have to say oh, that they do have continuity <laughs> the p alliteration oh my <sighs> you think they like sat up and talked about their talks and were like hey hey Hey, let's use some alliteration, <laughs> and we'll both do it. It's going to be so uh, cute. Oh, my God. And then we're going to have a pillow party. Yeah. Pillow fight. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Mormons that, like, listened to this and they picked up on it were probably like, oh, they said the same thing. They were both inspired. <laughs> this is so inspired. They didn't even know it. They didn't even know they that they know used it. the like, same word. Heavenly Father told them to say the same words. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing that they have like professional speechwriters on their staff. Right. Okay, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our short-term preoccupation with the P words and killing me. Oh, let's see. Uh, our short-term preoccupation with the things of this world and the honors of men may lead us to forfeit, forfeit our spiritual birthright for far less than a mess of pottage. <laughs> a, I don't even. Another p word. So many p words, but also, uh, just he needs to fuck off. Like just telling people that what they enjoy and what they would like to do, and they, you know, they want to accomplish things in this world. It's just nothing compared to the afterlife and mm-hmm. the eternal consequence of whatever you're it's, doing. Yeah. Don't worry about today. It's all about when you die. Uh, so his last little thing was each of us should evaluate our temporal and spiritual priorities sincerely and prayerfully to identify the things in our lives that may impede the bounteous blessings that Heavenly Father and the Savior are willing to bestow upon us. And surely the Holy Ghost will help us to see ourselves as we really are. So I, I guarantee there's some Molly Mormons and some Peter Priesthoods that are out there thinking, oh, I need to look at what's impeding on my spiritual progression right now because Fucknar told me to. He didn't, they won't say Fucknar, but you know. Ben <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. And they'll probably cut out something from their life that they genuinely enjoy mm-hmm. that is, you know, probably great for them or their mental health. That they're like, I need to cut that out and I need to go to the temple more. Or whatever, you know. I'm honestly it's, surprised that I haven't seen more, like, I'm going to delete Instagram or Facebook. Yes, my- I was just going to say, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that people haven't been like, because I have too much sin soaking soaking yeah (laughs) i'm gonna delete it to turn my life to the church like i'm actually surprised yeah yeah but that's essentially what he's saying and that's what rusty was saying too is like 
get rid of of stuff that like brings you joy or whatever and give that time to the church and do more for the church and be a missionary constantly like but you can't tell me that they don't know that that's um that that's where people are going to go is with social media because they don't want them on people on social media because tiktok and like all yeah. these things are suddenly like blowing up with Xmo content. They don't want them out there talking, looking mm-hmm. at that stuff. So like, oh, you gotta like start focusing on the church and like get rid of the things that are jo- bringing you joy. And people immediately are gonna be like, oh, TikTok brings me joy. I can like, I look at that and I probably should like lessen my time on. Yeah, that. yeah. And exactly. it's easier for them to go find Xmo stuff. So they're mm-hmm. gonna be like. Yeah, it's just a it's a tactic of them trying to like, oh no, don't look over there, don't look over there, don't look at the man yeah. the curtain. Creating yeah. diversion okay. and exerting control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Whoa. <sighs> so I think <laughs> overall this general conference wasn't as like problematic as like other ones have been, but it was still mm-hmm. you had to find the problematic stuff. It was still there. It just yeah. wasn't as Oh, like, it's always still yes. it's always there. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't full on say like Must get gay, gay people are, are yeah, <laughs> yeah. causing the decline of the world like they said <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I think they also know when they're being watched. And oh. I feel like they oh tailor yeah things around because you know it's not just like so and so you need to give a talk at general conference. Okay. Like they're given a topic. They're given parameters that they have to stay within. They have somebody oh, yeah. who helps them write it. They have like people and you know yeah yeah you know they go through like checks and balances of like okay let's check and see like your exact wording on this talk it has to be perfect because we we do have eyes on us now there is a large exmo community now so they're very careful with their wording and they like i said earlier like we were saying they put in more women and more people of color because they've been criticized so much i mean they still don't have enough but they put in some so, yeah, just yeah. throwing a bone. Yeah. Like putting Tracy Browning on there was a very calculated move. It was oh, you know it was. You know it was. Having her even in the presidency was a calculated move. Mm-hmm. Like, it's oh, but it was inspired, much- quote unquote. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's very much it. like tokenizing of people of color and women. Like, oh, look, we're so diverse. <laughs> yeah, not bad. We have a, we have a, black woman in our we have a black woman here. check it out yeah we can't possibly we can't possibly have racist doctrine because we I, let a black racist. I have brown friends yeah that's mm-hmm. it exactly mm-hmm. yeah i hate it oh. <laughs> like i need a second shower that's gonna say. Do feel, how do we feel right now we feeling good we feel great yeah I'm hoping that my kids find Halloween candy tomorrow that has weed in it. So yeah, I I mean, yeah right. Come on. Maybe somebody handing out edibles in this neighborhood. So listeners, if that's you, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> As if there's not like a weed shop on every corner in my town. Oh, I wish. Good God, there was in Denver. So I missed out on that. But yeah, I- you did. Poor I was in the military. I couldn't partake, so. Oh. Yeah. The saddest thing ever. I know. Anyway. Didn't well, we they... discover, though, that Washington's not that far of a drive from you, though? It's true. It's true. <laughs> there you <good>. go. <laughs> well, thanks, kids. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry much. to traumatize you. 
<laughs> Thanks for joining us, listeners. For yeah, you guys. Thank you it. for collaborating. Yeah, of yeah. course. Thank you. Always. Love it. Always. Yay. Yeah. <laughs>